This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show, keeping you up to date every single day, 8am with all that's been going on in the world of Arsenal, getting your thoughts and theories in the chat box too. It's a very interactive show as we try to make all of our shows on the Guna Talk. You guys are the key part of this, so please do Continue to put your thoughts and feelings into our chat box. And if you don't manage to catch the shows live, please do leave your comments down below. We try to get through as many of them as I can. But I am extremely busy, so I can only respond to a few of them. But please still do lo- please still do go and read uh, the comments and leave your own below. But of course, if you are enjoying the show, drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. Good morning to everybody that's joining us. Colin Rancid, Omar, Jose... Uh, Bungle, Matt, e, uh, Edro, Edro Sass. Uh, hello, Black and Blanco, Pablo, Olu. We've got all of you in the chat box this morning. Matthew, Hal, Tom, Mark. Thank you so much, all of you guys, for joining in with the conversation, as always, and making this part of your morning routine. As always, if you could go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way, if you want to go and watch Arteta's press conference from yesterday, you can. It is up on the Arsenal Way. Also, a good chat with Kaya Kainak, uh, Arsenal reporter at Football.London. Uh, about the press conference that he was obviously in and was there uh, in the press conference. So if you want to get all that good content, then please make sure you have subscribed. But let's kick on with Arteta's press conference in just a little bit. But first of all, the England squad was announced in which Arsenal have two inclusions for the first time since Ainsley Maitland-Niles was called up alongside Bakayo Saka. Um, but prior to that, Arsenal have been lacking in the whole England squad's uh, call-up scenarios. We have had a few that have missed out, uh, the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe not included, Ben White also not included kind of stuns that Ben White didn't get in over Connor Cody, but it is what it is. Aaron Ramsdale and Bakaya Saka, though, are involved. And Ramsdale really has an opportunity to stake his claim towards that England number one spot. Jordan Pickford, of course, is, as we know, 
the England's number one goalkeeper right now. But Ramsdale, now at a club like Arsenal, has a real opportunity to stake his claim to push towards that World Cup number one starting spot and could do with an amazing season this year. We will wait to see if that happens and we will absolutely be wishing him all the best because the better he plays for us and the more likelihood he can get him for England, it's the better for Arsenal. So fingers crossed that is what will happen. But with Ben White and Mill Smith Rowe not yet involved in the team, which is a shame, but hopefully, fingers crossed, we will start to see them involved in the coming weeks and months. There is another international break in November. Perhaps by that time, Ben White and Smith Rowe have established themselves as possible options for the team. Going on, though, to Mikel Arteta's press conference, he reacted to a number of questions, initially talking about Granite Xhaka. He said, obviously, it's really bad news personally for Xhaka. He had a couple of incidents already with season with COVID, with suspension, and now with long-term injury. He's a strong man, and he will use this time to focus on other things, and I'm sure he will be back in the right place when he's back. Obviously, he's a big player for us, someone who is really important, and he will be missed other players have to step up. And of course, he's talking about the likes of Sambi Lakonga, Mohamed Elneny and Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well, who are all going to be involved in this situation. Um, so very, very interesting stuff. And we will look forward to seeing uh, what happens with the absence of Xhaka and who comes into the fold. Or if Mikel Arteta, of course, changes back to that 4 3 3 formation. On his words on Leno and Ramsdale, Ramsdale taking that spot. Arteta said everybody has to raise to the has to raise the level and that's really positive that is happening in different positions. You can see when players are coming in now, they are fully ready to take the place. Now it's going to happen with Granite and before it happened when he was suspended and it's happened in other positions. Players are coming up and showing that they are ready because the way they train and the way they play is top. So after they get rewarded when they have the minutes. Someone will have to take uh, a spot in every single position at goalkeeper. It has been Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale has deservedly taken that number one spot. He has been the better goalkeeper of the two so far this season, has earned it. Uh, Leno conceded nine goals in those opening three games. He decided to give an opportunity to Ramsdale and Ramsdale took that opportunity and I wouldn't have it any other way because I think our distribution in particular has stepped up massively and I think the communication between Ramsdale and the back four has also improved over Leno. So we will see how that relationship develops but I hope that Leno really does push Ramsdale because that's what you want, a dynamic of two players pushing each other to be as good as they possibly can be. Speaking on his Manager of the Month nomination, last thing we're going to focus on from the press conference, he says, it is the beauty of this sport. We all know that. We all depend on results and perspective changes quickly in both ways. So you always have to be on your toes. And it is quite staggering that just a month ago, people were talking about him being sacked to now being nominated for the Manager of the Month awards. Um, so it's very, very interesting that this is the case um, and does show, of course, how things can change. I've written a piece yesterday about how Arsenal could be pushing towards um, a top four challenge this season. If Manchester United and Chelsea's form does dip, which it has done recently, we will see. It's still very early. It's my job. Need to write about that. So there you go. Um, let's go into some interesting stuff from the Europa League action last night. First of all, William Saliba, you've probably seen this video circulating around your social feeds last night. 
Um, but looking into specifically a really good battle uh, with William Saliba um, did really well, in my opinion, um, to really kind of sh- uh, shuffle the ball out. And, you know, he got involved in a bit of a scrap. He didn't cross the line. It looks quite bad in this image here, but I thought he dealt with the situation quite well. And obviously you had all the Marseille players then pile in. It was a little bit of a frenetic game with a nil-nil draw between uh, Saliba uh, and everyone in the Marseille side uh, against Galatasaray. But it's a very entertaining game. And there could have been a clear penalty given to uh, Marseille. Matteo Genduzzi was fouled by Patrick Van Arnholt and the two didn't respond particularly well. Genduzzi went up to Van Arnholt afterwards and said a few words in his ear. Uh, and this well, late last night, and thanks to the people that sent me this this morning, uh, Van Arnholt <laughs> tweeting out saying, running your mouth after VAR proved you wrong. Little man needs to relax before I snatch that wig off your head. Well done to my Lions for a well-earned point on the road. Not the best behaviour from Patrick Van Arnholt, to be honest. Um, Genduzzi also not the best behaviour to be going up to him and speaking words in his ear after the decision's gone against him. But we know Genduzzi now. We know the character of the guy. We know what he's about. It's not exactly uh, surprising uh, to see this whatsoever. But it does come very soon after the whole Gerson situation and the comments about him grating his Marseille teammates. It's an interesting one, um, but it's it's not often you see this type of public calling out of other players. Um, so Patrick Van Arnholt, I think, comes off lo- looking probably a lot worse than Genduzzi in this scenario for you know getting so riled that he felt the need to go public with a tweet, which isn't all that professional. We will be talking this afternoon uh, to uh, Ben from the Marseille View. Apologies that this uh, didn't go out on Wednesday. Uh, ben managed to get himself locked out of his house, uh, which is you know all hilarious, and we'll be able to take the mick out of him this evening on the show. Um, but Ben will be joining us about five o'clock UK time to talk about William Saliba's time in Marseille in our latest report. Yesterday, I had a chat with Kev from Next Generation Arsenal. We went through uh, all of the latest information regarding Arsenal's youth. In fact, I can see Kev in the chat box. Uh, Wherever Guzzi goes, so does the drama, he says. But yes, I was joined by Kev yesterday and we had a really good chat about the Arsenal youth. So make sure you go and have a watch of that. And of course, give Kev a follow on Twitter at Scouting indoors and that does conclude all of the latest Arsenal news of the day in regards to possible articles that went out yesterday there was one as I say talking about the fact that Arsenal could you never know be open to a top four challenge this season and another that went into more of the tactical side of the win over Spurs and how that might be quite a little bit more different to try and achieve against a Brighton side that play with the back three so there was a few things that went out yesterday so make sure you go and check them out anyway we've reached the final part of today's show which is the opportunity for you guys to ask some questions and some queries uh one of the things that i'm just <laughs> considering obviously you see what's behind me is a big green screen and all the stuff that goes with it but on this side it's just a white wall and i'm considering getting some soundproofing and i don't know how much that's going to affect the quality of the sounds but i want to try and do everything to improve the quality of the audio i don't know if that would help uh, with my, my voice sounding a little bit more crisp through the microphone. I know the microphone can be a little bit grainy sometimes. So I want to try and do things to improve that. If you think that would help, let me know because I'm a complete you know, moron when it comes to that type of stuff. So we're doing all we can though, to improve 
the audio and things like that. Anyway, let's go into the chat box and get your questions. Edo, uh, Edro Sass says, we aren't getting any money for Genduzi. Yes, we will be getting money for Genduzi because he's got an option in his contract of about £9 million uh, of a clause which will act, uh, kind of activate um and that will be achieved through some very easy clauses for appearances and stuff like that we which he is expected to achieve so the expectation is is that he will move to marseille for the option in his contract for about nine million pounds now become an obligation to buy a clause rather than the option that it is now um just use the right mic says nikolai feel free to throw in a suggestion of what that would be nikolai it's much more helpful when people suggest solutions to problems rather than creating them uh matt g says can we talk about the brighton tweet i dislike mope and hope he never scores again what what brighton tweet have i missed something let's have a look brighton home albion what have they tweeted what have they tweeted uh i can't see anything oh hold on arsenal at home is next with Mope and a cry. Ah, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, they know what they're doing. They know how to get a little bit of a row. Let me have a look at the social engagement on this tweet. 17.8 thousand likes. They've done very well, their social team. They'll be very happy with that response. So fair play. Um, and fingers crossed we absolutely batter them and... I hope they get relegated. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Lovely stuff from uh, a good bit of banter from Brighton. You've got to respect it. Reggie says, what would you need to see out of Brighton game that would make you think we could compete for fifth? A continuation of what we saw against Spurs. Solid creativity, frequent chance creation, a balanced attack and solid performances at the, at the back. I think that's what we need to see. We need to see this coherent style continued under Arteta into the game against Brighton. Of course, uh, we will be doing a show uh, around the Brighton game and the result. I do need to check uh, my schedule because I'm working the game for Football London tomorrow and reach. So let me just check. What's the date of the game? Is it the 3rd? No, it's the 2nd. The 2nd of October. Let me just have a quick look at when I'm going to be working on the 2nd. You feel like this is stuff that I would know. Uh, going to be working uh, 3 till 11, so I won't be on until 11 o'clock at night if we do a Raw Reaction show. Um, I may just do it the Sunday morning, as we have done previously. But I'll be working till 11 o'clock tomorrow night, so that's going to be fun. Love working that late. <laughs> Fabio says, Tom, how acute do you think the problem is in the midfield? Uh, the options given Partey has had so many issues already. Should we go for our midfielder in the winter rather than next Summer, it would depend upon any other issues we face between now and the window uh, in January opening. It depends how well Xhaka returns from his injury. Um, I, it's really difficult to buy the quality players that you need in January. It also increases the price a hell of a lot. If you can do it, of course, go and do it. I think the likelihood is that we'll see more players be sold and we'll actually do more of our incoming business. In fact, we definitely will do most of our incoming business in the summer. I genuinely don't really know, bar a central midfielder, and a forward, what Arsenal really need unless we move a lot of players on in the defensive area next next summer. So we'll, it'd be interesting to see how that goes and how that works. But I'm, I struggle to see how much can be done to this squad. I know that people would say, I need to sign XYZ world-class players, but get a world-class striker, get a world-class centre midfielder. And I think we're pretty golden, to be honest. You've got Saliba coming back. That's like, like a new signing. So, you know, I think there's a lot of options that we've got there. And I think we're fine. 
Um, let's go to Mayo. Says, I don't have a problem with Ramsdale, but he needs to be tested against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Chelsea. Well, I'm, I always struggle with comments like this. I mean, I always struggle when, because I think that someone does have a problem with that player. I'll be real. I'll be real with you. I think that, Mayo, you probably do have this issue with Ramsdale and you probably have a very much of a liking towards Leno. Because when it's always a case of they need to be tested against so and so and so and so, look, shots are shots. At the end of the day, you look at a, you look at a goalkeeper's xG, you look at the way in which they deal with shots conceded. It tells you how good they are as a goalkeeper. xG for teams is a little bit trickier, but xG for goalkeepers is actually quite useful to look at because you look at expected conceded goals and you look at how their save and the number of saves they make per match or the amount of goals they concede per game matches up against where those shots were taken. And it gives you a very good idea about those things uh, and about how they've dealt how they've dealt with them. Uh, Ramsdale had, uh, was playing for Sheffield United last season. Prior to that, he was playing for Bournemouth. Um, and for me, when you look at those teams that he's played against, he's played against every single team in the in the Premier League that's not Sheffield United. So he's come up against players and teams that are all better than the team that he plays for. And he came out with that season with the Player of the Season award. I don't know what more Ramsdale really needs to do to convince people that he's a very decent goalkeeper. He was playing for a very poor team, which gave people kind of this mindset that he wasn't going to be worth the 24 million. Even I was hesitant about spending that much. It was more to do with the price than the actual player. I always said that I felt like he was a decent keeper, not really knowing too much about him at the time, just from what I'd seen playing in the Premier League. But when you do the research and you go into the actual tactical breakdowns, as we did, talk to people that know plenty about him, you come to realise that actually he is a good goalkeeper and he's improved us massively in terms of our distribution. He's improved us massively in terms of the marshalling of our defence and the communication with our defence. And he's more of a leader at the back than Leno has been for us. And I feel like what he's shown in those three, four games is a greater improvement on those different characteristics. It's not to say that Leno is a bad keeper. I don't think Leno is a bad keeper at all. I think Leno is a decent goalkeeper. I think he's a keeper that could play in the top leagues of England, of Germany. But if there's an opportunity for Arsenal to upgrade on Leno, do it. And we are doing it. And we've done it. So thankfully, we have done that. I think people get very, very connected, very, very obsessed around players. And it means that their view of whoever they're going up against gets skewed in the opposite direction, unfortunately. That's just the way that it is. It's just the way we are as humans. Um, he is not that, though, uh, Tony. So let's lesser the abuse of our own players still. Thank you very much. Uh, Black and Blanco says, Leno, decent, just not for a side that wants to play out from the back. Uh, Leno's personality doesn't suit this back. Like, what do you mean by that, Mo? What do you mean by the personality? Because that's quite a broad uh, accusation. Game Boy says, hi, Tom. Do you know uh, any Brighton players injured for the game against Arsenal? The team news for Brighton is that Basuma, we are still unsure about. Welbeck is having a bit of a, a scan and assessment ahead of the game. Alzate is out. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Webster is also out and Lamptey is still, we don't know if he's going to be fit enough to start, but he was on the bench for their game against Crystal Palace. So they have quite a few players that could yet still come back in and also could still be out. So we will wait and see. Sasha says, good interview with Lee Dixon on Arsenal Vision. Talks about challenges for young defenders and what it means to be an Arsenal player. Always go and check out the boys at the Arsenal Vision 
podcast with Elliot and our friend Clive, of course, who have both featured on TGT. So make sure you go and check them out if you haven't already. Pepper Pig says, uh, would you offer Laka uh, for Kessier or both on expiring contracts? Kessier is a great player. I'd absolutely love if we if we brought in Kessier. That would be a fantastic acquisition. Uh, SK says, uh, I love Edu and Arteta being ruthless to Wenger and Emery players that are not good enough. I feel Edu tried to get rid of more, but built, uh, but no one wanted them to give Edu the time. I agree. I think Edu's doing a good job at Arsenal. I don't think that... I've discussed this with many people, and I've always been willing to have a debate about this. I find it really hard to blame Edu for much of what's been going on at Arsenal, because one of the things that has improved over the last two years has been the recruitment, has been the job that Edu is designed to do. It's not been perfect, and that has obviously shown with the Willian signing, with the Runnison signing. But what it has been, it's been good in so many other areas with Gabriel, with Partey, with Erdogan and Matt Ryan coming in in January, with all of the six signings that we've made this summer, with the ability to get £25 million for Joe Willock. Yes, we failed to move on as many players as we needed to, but it's been a market where people just didn't, how can you sell a player that no one wants? And simply by saying dropping their price is not always a sound solution to that problem. If no one wants the player, there's not much you can do. He agreed a fee with Crystal Palace for Eddie Nketiah, and Eddie Nketiah's personal terms scuppered that deal from happening. So it's just, I find it very hard when Edu gets a lot of criticism because I actually think he's doing a very decent job. It's been Arteta that I feel has deservingly faced more criticism because of some of the decision-making on the pitch, some of the decision-making with the team selections. But of late, again, in the last three games, four games, he has started to turn things around and he has earned that Manager of the Month nomination. It's important that your opinion stays fluid. It's important that your opinion changes with the evidence that you get faced with. And if one minute you don't think the manager is the right person to be in charge, that's fine if the evidence suggests that's the case. And if you then think that it is, and he should be staying, and he should be given time, because again, the evidence suggests that that is the right choice, then you're absolutely entitled to change your position on that. Don't listen to people that want to take the mick out of you or abuse you for changing your mind. It says, says way more more about them than it does about you. Um, let's go to Andrew says, this is a great test at Brighton. They are getting results. They're actually playing that well. So they are there for the taking. It's interesting when you look at who they've played and where they've got their points against. It was pointed out to me yesterday by Ojo on our preview show. Um, and it made a solid point. Leicester, they obviously won away from home. Really impressive result. But the other sides that they've played against and they've beaten, they are sides that you would say, yeah, a Brighton side with those players in it probably should be getting results against those teams. But it's still going to be a very big test. We've only won at the Amex, I think, what, once in our last six, five or six attempts. So it's going to be difficult. So we'll wait and see what happens. Hal says, hi, Tom. North London derbies are North London derbies. So do you think we can sustain the same intensity for the rest of the season? The honest answer is probably not, Hal. We probably can't sustain that for the rest of the season. What we can sustain is momentum. And we need to do that by winning games and playing as good of a football as we can. If Erdogan's in the team, you can be guaranteed that he will give you plenty of running. He has a whole week of recovery, as do all of the players, because we don't have European football, other than the cup games that we'll be facing. But honestly, we have plenty of opportunities to recover and rest so that when it comes round to playing these games at the weekend, we can go full tilt, full time and attack them with as much ferocity as we possibly could do. Um, 
Mr. Harrison Carnaby has changed his name to Mr. Harrison C. Uh, so I respect that, Harrison. says, should we really go for a Fraser Forster or should we try to sign another top keeper to give competition to Ramsdale? I think Forster is a decent keeper in the Premier League for a number two that will push the likes of Ramsdale. So if, I think I'm fine to say if we went for a Fraser Forster to be back up. I don't think it actually blocks the path of players like Carl Hine or Arthur Okonkwo that are coming through that are very highly rated either. If you were to say sign a Runnison, who's in mid-20s and that's not very good, but, you know, give him a long contract, it blocks that path. If you sign an older goalkeeper that's a clear number two on a short-term contract of one or two years, then it gives you more scope to be malleable with your squads and be able to bring through those young keepers should they take the chances given to them. I'd be looking not towards Leno as much if he is going to be, you know, of the mindset that he is, that he's looking for other teams if he's not happy with his situation. And I can't blame him for not being happy. You're a goalkeeper. You want to play. But if it comes to him wanting to leave in January, you know, in games that we are going to play a backup keeper, why not try the likes of Carl Hine? Carl Hine has proven on the international stage. In fact, I think Carl Hine's played more international matches uh, this year than Bernd Leno has for Estonia. So why not play Carl Hine in, in games and give him an opportunity? Because Leno's future is clearly not going to be with Arsenal in the long term. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I should note, uh, Marrett Harrison says, that I'm loving Ramsdale. He's proved to be the way more than the good backup I had him pegged as. So that's a fair enough statement. Ollie says, Sam Johnston will be free as well next summer, and I prefer him to a Ben Foster that Matthew Elam suggested. He's 39, I think now. Good old uh, Fozzy. But uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Isoa says, does Arsenal need a third creative player since Erdogan and Emil Smith-Rowe are both starting? Yes, they do. I think it's a position that we may need to consider if we are going to see both of those players starting. And maybe Marco Asensio turns out to be that player. That would be so amusing to me after everything that's happened and after the way in which I followed his career personally. And he's been a bit of a TGT mascot along with Zoboslai over these years. So if he ended up at Arsenal, that would be quite entertaining uh, in the end. Let's scroll up a little bit more to kind of the top comments that I missed. Colin says, Tom, all of a sudden our expectation level has risen tenfold. What reaction to a negative result against Brighton? Probably a massive reality uh, check bringing us very heavily Back down to earth, mate. It's probably what it would be. Uh, Adam says, hi, Tom. Arteta has improved his team selection of late, but do you think that he needs to improve his man management and squad rotation? Squad rotation, absolutely. He needs to improve, He needs to be rotating less players in games. Every game, week to week, one or two changes max, ideally just the one. Make sure you've got a stable team. We're not in Europe. We don't have to rotate too heavily. One or two changes, ideally one in each game. In terms of his in-game management, substitutions could be a little bit more hastier. It could be done a little bit quicker. But I know he's got a lot of loyalty to his players that he starts. And the more that they play together, the more the, the, more the chemistry and the connection between them will build up. So there's plenty to be excited about. Benny says, what are my thoughts on the Willock sale? It looks an absolute genius move right now. I know that Joe's been suffering with a bit of an injury so far this season. Um I really I really think £25 million has proven to be the right deal for us to accept. Five games, no goals so far for Newcastle this season. £25 million was a hell of a lot. I think that Newcastle did bank heavily on Willock being a difference maker for them. It's I want it to work out because I like Joe and I wish I wish him the absolute best. But unfortunately, 
taking 25 million pounds if he'd have absolutely smashed it it would have made us look a little bit silly um so there is always the the negative for him positive for us that 25 million pounds is a hell of a lot of money we got for a player that's not scored a single goal from midfield so far this season and you know it is it is what it is igk says emmy martinez uh, was worth two million and we sold him for 20 under edu good business has been done willock is another one it's a solid point about martinez it's with the benefit of hindsight it's very very easy to turn around and say oh my days how did we sell emmy martinez look at what he's doing but at the time he played 10 games for us 12 10 12 games at that point yes he'd been good no one was coming in for Leno, who'd been good. Like at that point, you wouldn't say that Leno was someone that we were thinking of selling because he wasn't good enough. He'd been good for us, as had as had Martinez. The problem was is that Martinez, as IGK says, was worth about two million quid at the start of the year. Wasn't ever in anyone's thoughts about a future prospect as a keeper at Arsenal, and we got offered a very big fee by Aston Villa. So whilst I regret selling Emi Martinez, I absolutely regret it. I, I totally understand the decision to sell him at the time because it made absolute sense to accept a high amount of money for a player that wasn't worth anywhere close to that off the back of just 10 to 12 games. If you don't agree with that, that's fine. I regret the decision, but I just understand why we did sell him at the time. Uh, Ish says, looking at the starting lineup that beats Spurs, what positions would you would need upgrading at this moment after their brilliant performance? Obviously, uh, the striker position, we can't keep a Bamiang forever. Central midfield, if there's any opportunity to upgrade on that position, you do it. But beyond that, you'd say that maybe we need to add another creative attacking midfielder because we're quite light in that area after we sold Joe Willock. Other than that, defence, maybe if you move on, a holding, Kalasinac, Cedric, Chambers, if all of these guys, Saliba, they end up moving on, we'll probably need to bring in a defender or two next summer as well. It depends on outgoings for a lot of it, but World-class striker, world-class midfielder, and I think we're golden. Um, Christian says, I'm still not trusting the process, which is fine, but what I do want is to see consistency. If we see consistency only, then it will change my perspective. And Christian, that's all I'm asking for. I'm not yet fully back on the Arteta train. I need to see the style that I saw against Spurs week in, week out, and results improving. And as we go through these games, last season, and you have to say under Arteta, our performances against the big six sides have improved. We went to Chelsea and won. We haven't done that since Van Persie scored that hat-trick in the 5-3 win in the league. We went to Man United and won. We haven't done that since, what, 2006. We've gone to places and we've got good results and good performances. We've also beaten the likes of Liverpool at home. We've beaten Chelsea at home. We've beaten Spurs at home twice. We've beaten Manchester United at home. We've beaten these big teams. It's been against the smaller sides that we have struggled. It's against the sides that we've expect, been expected to beat, like your Villas, like your Burnleys, like your Southamptons of this world, that we have struggled, like West Ham. We haven't been able to get the wins in those games that we've needed to, Everton. Everton beat us for the first time at home, trying to think maybe the first time at the Emirates. I can't remember a win they've got there before. We should be expected not entitled, but we should be expected to be going and trying to beat these teams. And that's been the difference. That's been the problem for Arteta. So in these games that we've got coming up against Brighton, against Crystal Palace and against Aston Villa, if we get three wins from three in those games, that signifies to me consistency. It signifies to me that there is a clear style and that we are pushing towards the right direction. And then, and only then, can I turn around and say, 
I'm back with this. I'm backing this. This is what I want. This is what I want to continue. And we'll be back on the train. But right now, it's great what we're seeing. Really good turnaround. But we need consistency to get more of the fan base back on board. If we go and we win the next three games in a row, I think it would take a hell of a, a negative Nelly <laughs> to turn around and be like, look, you know, I'll hold my hands up. It's going really well. I want to see this continue. I want to see where this can go. To say if we won the next three games that you'd still want Arteta sacked at that point, I think would be incredibly naive and stubborn and probably down the route of you care more about your own opinion than Arteta succeeding, which is a big shame. But we'll see. We're not at that stage yet. We could go and lose to Brighton. So there is all of the option in the world that it goes crumbling down in the next game. Hopefully it doesn't. And I look forward to covering it tomorrow. We will see what happens uh, on Saturday afternoon or evening. When is the actual game? Is it an evening? Is it like a half five kickoff? Let's have a look. It is indeed a half five kickoff. And thank God it's on TV. Thank goodness. Um, we're sick of not games not being on telly. So I'll be able to watch that. Half five kickoff on Saturday. I'll be back uh, with a show for you guys. Probably to, I'll be back this afternoon, of course, uh, with a show with Ben from the Marseille View to talk about William Saliba's time in September. It actually worked out quite well that we delayed it because, of course, he played yesterday evening in the in the nil-nil draw against Galatasaray. He didn't have the best of games last weekend, which we'll be discussing very heavily. But we'll be looking at Saliba this month. In fact, I can get it up on the screen for you. So join us at 5pm uh, UK time for the report of William Saliba. That'll be live on the channel. Tomorrow morning, I'll be back, of course, as always, with the 8am show. And then I'll be bringing you content in the wake of the Brighton fixture uh, after my shift ends on Saturday and Sunday morning. We will see you guys very, very soon. Have a fantastic Friday. I'll see you a little bit later on. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.